When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I know a ghost story or two. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. How many how many more episodes are we going to enjoy that music I that did, much the whole way? It never in? gets old for me. I think <laughs> Bryce is enjoying it more and more every week yeah. as he slowly turns into an old-timey prospector. I know. I wish I could tattoo an audio file on my body. <laughs> an old-timey prospector. <laughs> you uh, I really feel like every time I now see you you've just you've gone just like a little bit more mountain. Oh, I'm dude, I love Alaskan bush people and that show. <laughs> and my, I try to get my kids to watch it. My daughter's like, this is shit. What are we doing? I want to watch one of my shows. I'm like, you watch this. You may never know. What's the be up there? She what? has a potty mouth, by the way. I know. She, yeah. No, uh, this is shit. <laughs> Real quick, this uh, welcome back to episode 42 of Bigfoot Collectors Club, Woo. the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me is your uh, always is your other host, Brass Johnson, and our trusty producer, Riley Bray. And today we have our very first official returning guest to the uh, main show. Yes, love her so and much. And with good reason, boy, does she got a tale <laughs> of high strangeness mm-hmm. for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a comedian, she's a writer, she's an author, she's an actor. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> like that was the worst one. <laughs> Almost got a spit dick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, uh, Godmother of the Podcast, as christened by Riley, Jen Kirkman. This is an honor. And I was really digging the theme song. You know, I listen to the show more so now than I used to, and we'll talk about it during the episode, is why I can now listen to it. Oh, oh, right, because you were too scared to listen to it before. I was too scared to listen to most of it, unless it was about something more like, I don't know, like Bigfoot stuff doesn't scare me, and some UFO stuff doesn't, but I couldn't listen to a lot of the ghost stuff. But anyway... I was really listening to the theme song, and I, I enjoyed. I, I enjoy that you listened to it, like before the episode, because I don't listen to my own theme song right before I get into my episodes because I don't need to because I'm sitting by myself with my weird podcast. That's the other thing. Yeah. You're a podcaster. Jen has a podcast. That's right. I seem it's fun. So great. It's called I Seem Fun: The Diary of Jen Kirkman Podcast. And you I do just, it all on your own. I just sit there with a the microphone. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was just enjoying this song. It gives me that like feeling i get when i listen to howard stern and i catch it from the beginning oh yeah and i hear his theme song and it's oh, a cool awesome. song yeah. yeah quick shout out to sun eaters for our theme song uh come alone it's going to be on their album that's coming out i believe at christmas so we'll obviously keep you posted but i'm i love listening to not just this theme song but like i'm one of those people that like certain tv shows I cannot. I don't want to fast forward through the intro like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I watch it every time I go through it. A lot of people oh, like yeah. skip ahead. No, you have yeah. to. But Game of Thrones is also good because they show you like locations that are going to be taking place and <laughs> right. on the map. Those change every time depending on totally and the um, characters. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, just to look. Do you watch Game yes, of Thrones? Yes, I watch no, Game of Thrones. Thrones. You're just making You're just watching like, Alaskan Bush. Girl with dragons. You're just Come watching on. Alaskan Bush people what, and making no it afraid. There's no characters on the intro? There's char- they, the character names. How about that? Yeah. No. LaGuardia and... LaGuardia? <laughs> Forget it. You should try Alaskan Bush people. Two minutes in, we're already yeah. busted Bryce's chops. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't. I've got. I. I. The. The. To me, the theme is always the tone setter. Like all the. Remember Mad Men. Remember Mad Men, and you'd watch the Mad Men intro. That's a great intro. That great drum beat That's behind right. it, and like then you were like that. And then I was like in it. I yeah, it. I love. I really loved the Narcos one. That uh, that smooth oh, Spanish singing. I haven't seen. Um, I've never I watched seen that. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that that song great. is amazing. How about uh, the greatest theme song of all time? Show me that smile it or again. Not, no. I'm walking. <laughs> wow, Don't waste another minute Thought on your crying. Feel so free. Whether we're near the end, away the best is really to begin. You just struck gold. Yeah. That's a great mashup. Totally. They really go <laughs> together. Riley, get on it. <laughs> Guys, how are we you going to. Wow. <laughs> dude. How, you're going to make money on yeah, that. Cool. Or you're going to get sued cool. by the Robin Thicke estate. The Guys. Guy. <laughs> Shut Alan. down this podcast. Right. We are now, Bryce and Michael are recording <laughs> theme song mashups. What was your song? It was from uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. I mean, oh, okay. Alan, uh, not Robin Thicke. Yeah, right, same right. diff. Right. Greatest you know American that hero. he just cloned himself, right? <laughs> it's not <laughs> really his son. His clone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Al, his the son is, uh, uh, oh, wait, I'm th- Robin Thicke, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Alan okay. Thicke. God. What a singer what a, of. Rapey anthems. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Robin Thicke, singer of Rapey anthems. <laughs> Let's go to my rape catalog. Sorry. That was going to be our first uh, feud. <sighs> yeah. With who? Him? Robin Thicke. We just started it right Big now. Big Collectors Club. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, well, you used to collect TV guides. What was your favorite? Your big TV uh, watcher growing up. What was your oh, favorite? Oh, I loved the Moonlighting theme song. Oh, Which oh, is yeah. simply yeah. just a song by Al Jarreau. I think that already existed, right? Yeah. No, it didn't. Uh, Moonlighting strangers. Yeah. Was that uh, already a song? Oh, maybe. I, uh, uh, uh. I love that show, too. And Welcome Back, Hotter. That was great. Yeah. Welcome Back by I Welcome Have the Song. Back, Welcome Back. Welcome Back. And, I forget the guy's uh, name. Hill Street Blues, that theme music was so I think great. I liked the theme music, didn't watch the show. I don't want to watch the show, but I would <laughs> hear my parents watching, and I would like stick my head out the door of my bedroom and listen to it. Totally. Oh, that is relaxing. It was so relaxing. And the intro's great, too, because it's just a police siren going through the streets. Yeah. Of course, the taxi theme song, which I know is depressing. I mean... Great pilot. The fact that I've sat through so much, I can't believe you don't like Star Wars, and I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna hold my tongue about Taxi and you because I know how frustrating it is. You know, when someone doesn't like the best thing on earth that they should like. Of course. I bet I would love, I bet I would love Taxi. It was weird because I think, I, I, for some, you know, I didn't watch it when it was on as a kid. It might have still been on. I assume it was, but. I was at the mercy of whatever they used to rerun on my local uh, affi- TV affiliate I on, during the days. There was a show called AM Live in Kansas City, and it was hosted by this nice lady who would just talk, have local celebrity guests come. And then they would show Three's Company 
and Family Ties and Growing Pains reruns, even even though Growing Pains was still on oh, the okay. air. Oh, okay. So this is a subtle boss? story called Jen's Old. He thinks. No, no, no. He thinks you're... I watched Taxi in first run. No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I can't remember when that ran, but we we didn't get it on reruns in Maybe it was Kansas too hard City. for Kansas City. Like, they showed it in Boston. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It might have been, like, too much. We too didn't get it in KC. reruns. I would have watched it because I watched Everything and you would have wanted to move to New York so badly. Oh, uh, I still, I, I did, but that was because of Spider Man. Oh, because sure, Spider Man. I don't blame books. you for that. You know, huh. the Marvel universe made me want to move. You know, to New even York. though I'm not a comic book person, I do love Spider Man. And when I'm in New York, it's not to love nothing. And when I'm in New York, and I think about how Trump and the Trump Tower, it's literally a comic book. Totally. The evil yes, and right. all this stuff. And when you think about the State Department of New York, that it's going to get him on all these finance charges, like they're the superhero. And for some reason this year, I was living in New York half the year for a job. I was like, I hope it all goes down, whatever's going to go down while I'm here, because I feel like I'm in a giant comic book. Mm. Uh, To back this up is perfect. So uh, I've been playing the new Spider-Man game for PS4, which is amazing. Uh, if you like video games, even if you're not a comic book nerd, go get that game. But you're you're swinging around in a basic, like a really well done model of New York. And I swung over to uh, <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> swung over to Twenty Third. Yeah, in, I swung uh, over Western. to uh, Columbus Circle to check out w- what they did with the Trump Building <gasps> and Trump Towers. Instead of Trump Towers, it's Fisk Towers. Fisk. Wilson Fisk, who's the kingpin, who's one of the crime oh, bosses that fights awesome. Spider-Man and Daredevil. Vincent D'Onofrio plays him on the Daredevil TV show. So it's just like a Is real a subtle dig? burn and really well done uh, by the game designer. So good job. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. cool. Great. Well, that's been another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite paranormal podcast. Uh, yeah, we got a few things in there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody. Do you want to? I think Riley. I think it's time for some. Ding, 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 ding. Basically, Basically news. Um, so I. <laughs> we're, we're working out some bits here. It's funny. <laughs> um, so just before we rolled, uh, this isn't necessarily newsy, uh, but it was uh, on TV <laughs> this week. Uh, uh, what what's his name? Um, Dean Phillips, who's running uh, for the uh, third congressional district in, I believe, Minnesota, um, had this great political ad that was out this week, which I know we just watched here. That actually Riley sent over to us, mm-hmm. featuring Bigfoot uh, going to uh, uh, looking for their missing congressman Eric Paulson that Dean Phillips is running against. And it's a great, uh, really funny, really well acted uh, spot. So I just wanted to let everybody know that they uh, could check out some Bigfoot currently on their television. Yeah, Bigfoot finding his way in a lot of uh, the political spectrum these days, huh? Yeah, with that other dude who's running for Congress who uh, right wrote uh, was into Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> Um, Bigfoot politics, hand in hand. That's right. Yeah, but well done uh, to uh, tip of the hat to the Dean Phillips campaign. Uh, Also, a a reminder, today, as we record this, Tuesday, uh, September 25th, is National Register to Vote Day. Oh, wow. Um, So you'll be hearing this the day after that. Make sure to get your friends out, people that you know who haven't voted, 
people such as my barber, who's from Boston, Jen. I'm going to get him registered, and we're going to go. Good. Yeah. Go vote. We're just not go telling vote. you how to vote. We're just telling you to go. Oh, vote. I'm telling you how to vote. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> because I what do we go vote for? What some fourth party person or some Trump at? Go blue no matter who. Our democracy is at stake. Let's do Not it. political. We've just been taken over by Russia. No big deal. Go, no big deal. Go vote. You know, uh, I watched... Uh, <laughs> All opinions are my own. <laughs> I watched uh, Fahrenheit 11.9 over the weekend. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, there, were great mo- there were good moments in it. You know, some of the Michael Moore stunt stuff does, you know, feels pretty dated. But there was one really good takeaway from that film, which is... There are like 100 million people in this country who do not vote. Mm. And the real problem are people who just don't participate in democracy. And that is the biggest threat to this democracy mm. is mm. the body politic. you got to get out and vote. So go for it. Go get don't registered you think, like, and vote this November. And I'm, if you can vote by mail, that's what I do. It's yeah, really do it. easy. It's so easy. Some states have it. I think I voting vote should be text. like a national holiday. Everybody should get off work and you know have the... The ability to go out and vote. Yeah, I mean, there's then, so many people who are disenfranchised just because you know they work two jobs. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, they can't get away from there, even though they're you know su- supposed to be allowed to. But it's just like if we have a national freaking hot dog day, can we? I mean, can we at least have? <laughs> do we get off work for national? Hot I, I dog think day? in some places they do. Maybe holiday. just combine the two. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think there we should go. get the day yeah. off vote, yeah. and then everyone goes to a pub. It has to be an old timey. Turn of the century, uh, like 17, 1700s pub, and drink out of beer steins and watch the returns. Oh, that sounds that great. Sounds so well, nice. you know why they don't make it a national holiday because they know if everyone voted, yeah, the way it would go, yeah, which is most of us. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, I have an update on the uh, Sunspot Observatory story. This comes from Wired Magazine, or I guess Wired dot com. Um, I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> If the TV theme songs didn't do it already. This is from Wired, the new issue of Wired Magazine. Uh, So, official... Okay, here we go. Um, Oh, boy. Now, okay, so this is the um, this is the story about the Sunspot, Sunspot Observatory in New Mexico. We right. talked about it last week's the episode. Feds was, came in uh, feds came out of in, nowhere, closed the whole place down. Shut down the town. People thought, oh, my God, they've discovered the uh, solar flare that's going to wipe out the, the, the grid. <laughs> they've found the missing planet X that's going to come by, and the Anunnaki are going to invade us. Right. Um, turns out... Which still could happen. Um, the deta- More details are emerging about what's really going on. Uh, according like to Wired, disappoint me here. an affidavit unsealed last week revealed that the FBI was investigating child pornography what? linked to an IP address in Sunspot and a suspect seemed threatening. The, invest- the investigation is ongoing and no one has been charged. That information is disturbing what? along with the secrecy surrounding the evacuation. That sucks so bad. Yeah, wow. it's a bummer. You're hoping for something cool and yeah. it turned out to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing child porn with aliens. Never good. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a total bummer. Oh, Dude. Real bummer. Real so bummer. much for the alien apocalypse. You know what? Know. Disinformation. You know what I mean? Who knows? That's a. That's, I don't like that at all. That's not. Well, let's not ignore. Let's yeah, not yeah. ignore. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the real dangers of John Price. Not a you're conspiracy all, podcast. Not, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a real thing. All and right. That's a. That's a big deal. All right. If it's in Wired magazine, then it must be true. <laughs> 
I do have a fun uh, I, a friend uh, last night I was at dinner and a friend told me a really cool uh, UFO story and then we're gonna get to Jen's big big uh, story yeah because she she's here us. with a purpose yeah this one <laughs> is great um, totally. but real quick r- real cool anecdote so uh, this is a good friend of mine I've known for years her um, she was telling me that when they were kids they lived in Laguna Hills. Uh, and that her younger brother mm. had an uh, an encounter one night with with men like entities in dark robes with silver buttons came into his bedroom. Oh my gosh! And floated around. He said he could. He was so scared and couldn't move. And the thing that he remembers hearing the most are their. Um, were their robes dragging across the carpet. Ooh. And he thinks that they floated around. And it sounded That's to me like detail, the little yeah. blue doctors from Communion mm-hmm. that were like the little pale purpley blue guys that wore the robes. But get a load of this. <clears throat> so that happened. And within a couple days, I think if not the next day, their mother got a call from their neighbor. So basically their house sat... Um, on a hill, their back, uh, the back of the house overlooked a ravine that just went down into a dry uh, gulch mm-hmm. that had a bunch of uh, brush in it. Then there was like a, a, you know, an acre or so, and then the house behind them. So their neighbor told them that that night they saw a f- craft oh. land, wow. land and sparked with lights in their in the gulch behind their house. What? And I guess the neighbors... Uh, How long ago was this, Mike? This would have been in... Her brother was nine at the time, and he's my age. So this was like late 80s, sure. probably. Late 80s, maybe early 90s. Gotcha. Um, but the neighbor's husband is a cinematographer, and he ran to get his camera to film this thing, and by the time he got back, it was gone. Wow. Isn't that insane? That's really insane. So you have a kid reporting entities coming into his room at night mm-hmm. and then telling his – he told his mom, and she said that um, – and I, I'm going to try to get more information on this story to share because yeah. it's kind of reminded me of Gabrielle's story last week. Like Now, the, well, the great thing about doing this podcast is more and more people are just coming up to me and sharing you know, <laughs> right. their stories of weird stuff that's happened to them, Yeah, um, which kind of leads me to uh, what we're going to talk about with Jen, but – the fact that he had that encounter, and that's one thing, mm-hmm. but that you have a, an adult, two adult witnesses. Outside witnesses. Outside who did not even know about yeah. the kid's uh, uh, experience, yep. saying that they saw a UFO in their backyard. <laughs> that is crazy. How insane is that? Does he recall uh, boarding the craft or no. anything like that? According <laughs> to him, he- They just came in and came out. <clears throat> Yeah, according to him, they came in and came out. Right. They didn't. They, they. They. He said that they didn't bother him. It's like they came in and looked around the room, and it, and, and inspected the room, and then he was left. I mean, there could have been some missing time. I mean, I don't there's know. probably some missing time in there. He should get uh, regressed. In, yeah, in I therapy. think he needs to check it out. But how crazy? Because in a lot of these that? cases, I mean, people will remember bits and pieces of the information, and sometimes when they go through what's called like a uh, a regressed hypnotherapy session. Um, which a licensed regressionist will will take them back through the encounter and and uh, in a relaxed state, mm-hmm. and they're able to recall and recount um, in vivid more details than they than they ever thought that they could consciously be aware of. And you know, usually if somebody lands their craft and comes into your bedroom, they're taking your ass. You know? <laughs> that, <laughs> that story is like I'm like, well, then he was dreaming. It's like too crazy for me. I know. Mm-hmm. 
And if it happened to me, I would just spontaneously die. (laughs) 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 What happened to her? (laughs) Oh no, she's not breathing. We went. We pushed it too far. (laughs) It wouldn't even be a heart attack. It would just be. I'd just explode. Right. Combust. combust. (laughs) Do you ever do stories about spontaneous combustion? No, but we should. I'm obsessed with it. It terrified me as a kid. I'm still terrified. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of hope it's how I go. How do you feel? Real (laughs) phenomena or dropped cigarette? <laughs> no, damn! Don't put any logic in my head. I don't think. I, well, I shouldn't answer. Your I don't know if it's ever. It. I have to look into it more to see yeah. if, if there's even any like real stories of it. Well, but, I would supply that there's definitely some real phenomena there. I mean, there's there's multiple cases throughout history, which is just unexplainable. And at the and at the temperature, these mostly people burn are mm-hmm. um, at an insane amount of degree. I mean, it's like you know they combust. They just you know. Whoa. So cool. Um, Wouldn't it be so fucked up if one of us just burst into flames? <laughs> or oh, God, I would love it. <laughs> wow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's crazy. Oh, boy. So. We'll look into it. Guys, as you know, because I've kept you abreast of this situation, <laughs> Jen had something really crazy happen to her uh, this summer while she was in New York. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to do my best not to interrupt. That's going to be difficult for me. Uh, I'm working on it. But, uh, Jen, I want you to tell this story, and uh, we'll actually have some of this stuff uh, that we'll be able to. Uh, Riley's got some parts of the story that are going to be queued up on audio. So okay. I'll tell you the basic gist. There's more, like, surrounding it. Like, when I look back, I go, oh, this. But the basic gist. <coughs> sorry. I was staying in an Airbnb in Brooklyn that I really had a connection with. I've been there for a month and I had stayed there. uh, This was in June. I'd stayed there also in January. And when I walked in, I thought I'm home. It's an old carriage house. If people aren't familiar, but they're a big thing in Brooklyn and it's where people in the olden days used to keep their carriages with the horses and their wired magazines and all these (laughs) old timey things. And it was, you know, it was brand new. It was newly refurbished, like new everything. Um, Anyway, I was on the bottom floor. There was family upstairs, blah, blah, blah. I felt a connection with this There's a family living in the attic? No, not in the attic, but they were in the main brownstone, and I'm basically like the first floor. And I loved it there. Anyway, so I'm recording my podcast, which I record using my iPad in this app and a microphone, and I do it every week. And I sat there. I had a couple glasses of wine, and I was recording my podcast, and... I didn't think anything of it. I did the same thing I always do. I uploaded it to this Dropbox. I have one person, producer Mike, who then takes it and Riley. jealous of producer Riley's Mike. I thought you weren't going to try and interrupt. <laughs> what is he jealous Riley's, of? Riley's, we got pretty far. Other, oh, producer other producers. Oh. <laughs> Just the concept of other producers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a whole setup or a wolf sweater. He's just, you know, cool. he's, not, he's nothing like you. So he... He uploaded to iTunes, and that was the end of that. And so, and I have to say, this guy, Mike, he's 
not being paid a lot of money. He just gets the job done. He doesn't have time to fuck around with extra shit. I've known him for five years. We don't joke around. I don't know if he's ever made a joke. Sounds like a great working <laughs> relationship. <laughs> I've never, like, I never see him. He's not on the, you know, he's not, he, he does it all remotely. He's not on mic. Like, right? like he's, he also, like, we don't joke around. It's just like an email once a week. Hey, Mike, hey, Mike it's up. Oh, thanks. Cool. That's it. Um, there's no real, like, he's a lovely person, but he's not a prankster, you know? Because people kept saying, when I tell you what's about to happen, somebody fucked with it. I'm like, they didn't. Like, mm -hmm. anyway, so I put the podcast out, and about a week later, I'm getting all these tweets from people going, there's a ghost on your podcast. You picked up an EVP. There's a voice. What's going on? And I was like, no, I don't know. I'm sure it's just, I just didn't. And then it was getting so much. People were like, I'm scared. At 59 seconds, someone is saying, come to my room. And then I was like, wow. oh, I better listen to this. And I heard it, and I didn't like it. Wow. I was, I felt the same way I felt, like, this time my car got broken into. Like, I just felt violated and creepy, and I hated it. It was not fun. I love ghosts, but I've had ghost stuff happen in the past, and I wish they would leave me alone. I'm not trying to be in their lives. I think I might... I'd read once, uh, I worked on a web short as part of a day job I had years ago where this girl thought she had a ghost and it turned out it was her boyfriend's aura mm. was really bad because he was a very sick alcoholic mm. who was drinking like a lot. And this woman was like, I'd be happy to give you like a ghost clearing, but it's his aura. There's just black and that's Whoa, what you're seeing. Like, wow. And this girl was so, she broke up with him and I think he went and got help and then everything cleared up. So this woman was saying, even those of us who aren't alcoholic, if you have any alcohol on you, you will be susceptible because you physically, your boundaries are lessening. Wow. And so things from- I've heard that before. Yeah, things from the outside can get in easier. I wonder if that's why they call it spirits. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is there, that why? There is a relation. Absolutely there is to that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not really kidding. I'm kidding. That's cool no, shit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so I think, you know, it all makes sense. So anyway, apparently, uh, I heard it, and I was freaked out. And so, I mean, I think we have the audio of it. Yeah, should do we just play? play? We do, yeah, we'll yeah. play what we heard. Um, I heard Come to My Room. Right. And um, it's two, it, it's two the moments. voice interrupts twice within the same 30-second yeah. window. And I will window. admit, the second time you hear it, it sounds like I'm doing something. Like, I've paused it and put this up. I didn't do this, and producer Mike didn't do it, and he was so concerned, and he sent me all these articles about sound waves, and sometimes things get interrupted, and he's mm -hmm. like, I'm sure it's not a ghost, and also, I didn't do it. Like, he would have told, I would have fired him if he did that. You right. know, like, yeah. he didn't do it. Um, and there's no one else that has access to it, whatever, but anyway, here it is. Okay. Hmm. All right, so here's the first one. And just to follow up on what producer Mike said, when he asked me to edit these, I was sure, I was 100% sure it was radio interference. And I was like, this is, there's no way. And I pulled it up, and I was doing this last night at like 2 in the morning, and just all of the hair oh, on really? my arms. It's not radio It's not? Wow. Because it's you know totally how, not. remember when you were a kid, like if you were on a landline, sometimes it would be like, and you'd have radio interference, or even on a cell phone too. Yeah, mm. yeah. I thought, I'm convinced now that that's what it was. You don't think? Doesn't sound like it to me. Well, oh, we have a professional here, too, so this is why we want to get you You guys be the judge. Here's the first one. Yep. On the one hand, I want to say no, because we have both emphatically stated that this is not what we want. Play that again. And, and just in case I anyone's wondering, I just got goosebumps I'm reading a listener email. It's a gay guy who got married to his partner, and his parents want them to have like a big wedding, and so he wanted my advice. So that's, if it sounds a little weird, it's because I'm reading something. Mm. Yeah, it's just out of context, but yeah. here it is again. On the one hand, I want to say no, because we have both emphatically stated that this is not what we um, want. 
Man, play it one more Wait time. Wait till the, the play it louder one. More time. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the one hand, I want to say no because we have both emphatically stated that this is not what we want. I'm going to play the next one. Okay, and then wow. that's the about one a minute that's later. Really so you hear later. someone say, Come to my room. Uh, Come to yeah, my room. I def- I mean. Yeah, that's wild. Here's the next one about a minute later. It just sounds like you don't want this. I don't. Wow. Also, it's weird that both times it happens, you're saying, I don't want this. Or like the first one's like emphatically stated it's not what I wanted, and then later you're saying I don't want this again, oh, that's and so it comes weird. in both times. Play them again, back to that. back. Yeah. I don't hear the room part as clear. I hear the come to my, and then I I think it says something else. Yes, right, so, I'm yeah. gonna play the first one and then the second one. Yeah. On the one hand, I want to say no because we have both emphatically stated that this is not what we want. Sounds like book. Come come to my book. It just sounds like you don't want this. Come to my book. I think he says book? come get my book. Come you think get so? My book. Because I hear it. I hear it. Come to my book. Like, Here's the second one again. Yeah. It just sounds like you don't want this. Come get my book. I see. I hear the come to my Maybe it's go to my book. <laughs> so oh, it's like a man. ghost author. Well, well so, maybe so we have, yeah. Maybe so there's this a is book the best part of the story. There or something. When I heard it, First of all, can we all agree that's creepy? Totally oh, fucking so creepy. It's weird, right? Oh, Let's God. take a moment and acknowledge I mean, what the fuck Can a woman that? ever get any peace in this life? <laughs> <laughs> From real men to ghost men. <laughs> so here's just, if anyone's interested in, in a few th- details about that week. Mm-hmm. So I am not someone with insomnia. Um, I usually fall right asleep. I can read one word in bed and then I'm just passed out. The only kind of insomnia I get is wake up in the middle of the night insomnia. And, uh, so that happens and then that's fine. And that there's always an explanation for that. I usually have to pee or whatever, or it's too hot in this, that week I was having the weirdest insomnia. I could not fall asleep and I was radically energized to the point where I got scared once and thought, am I like becoming manic in my old age? So this one night I lay down, I go to bed, I am really tired. And then I'm getting more and more energized as I'm laying in bed. And I'm like, God, maybe I should do some work. I did a little work. I read. And I just never fell asleep. And it didn't bother me. I suddenly didn't feel tired. And then maybe... This was all in that carriage house? It was on that carriage house. It was maybe a few days before I recorded the podcast. And I was... um, I just remember that. And I, I went to work. And I said to my coworker... I didn't sleep last night. She's like, really? You wouldn't know it. And I was like, I'm weirded out. I've been awake 24 hours. Mm. And she was like, well, I don't know. I was like, I think I'm like going manic. And she's she's like a little bit older than me. She's like, it's totally like hormones, like menopause. So she saw a taxi in the original run. That's what you're saying. <laughs> she saw a taxi in the original run. And <laughs> she's she was like, like, it could be either two things. You could ha- be manic or it could be EVP coming up. <laughs> <laughs> she's Those like, you know, the- I started to get that way like in my like mid-40s. Like it's the beginning of menopause. Like you just, your hormones get crazy, which is also true. You know, I'm like, okay, great. Happens again the next night. I'm like, this is absurd. So I just, uh, I was like, well, I need to sleep. And so I took like Benadryl and all this stuff. I just knocked myself out. And, um, I couldn't stay down that deeply. I mean, and I took Clonabin and Benadryl and this. And I I would always sleep with the light on in the uh in the living room. And this night I put the light on in the room because I just felt like it. Mm. And I think I was starting to go mental because mm-hmm. I hadn't slept in a couple of days. But um and then I slept fine the next night. But there was a few nights like that where I just kept waking up at three in the morning or I never fell asleep. 
And three in the morning, there's that hour of yeah, high strangeness yeah. again. It's yeah, it was always three in the morning. The yeah. And I would I would just sit there and I'd go, I think I'm going to put the light on and keep it on. That's what happened one night. Three in the morning, I woke up and I just was like, I don't like, I felt like, I'm not going to say like someone was watching me, but I just went, I want the light on because I don't want any shenanigans going. I don't you know. You felt uneasy. Something, your, was t- yeah. something was tipping your you off. And so was... also like my iPod that I record on iPad was acting really weird. So right before that come to my room happened, my sister pointed out that on the podcast, I said, hey guys, sorry for that. My thing just fucking crashed and I'm starting again. And then come to my room or whatever he says happened. So the the software kept crashing and I got a new iPad. I never used that one again because I felt it was being weird for like a week in that place. Even after... Before and after, yeah. Wow. And so then I re uh, re-downloaded the software on my new iPad. It's never crashed once. Wow. And the only the other iPad, the only thing I had on it was that software. It there was so much gigabytes left. It's I only right. used it for that. Yeah. Anyway, so just weird little things that I look back and I went, Ugh. so weird. So I recorded that podcast on a Thursday. Three days later, I had to move out of that Airbnb anyway because I only had it for a month. The girl that rented it to me was coming back, and I was moving into a new one for a month. So I again, I record the podcast. It hasn't gone out into the public yet, and I have no idea that the ghost happened. Three days later, I'm moving into the new Airbnb and I put, I brought in all my stuff and I had this feeling and I went, I'm going to go buy some sage, which I love to sage my apartment, Hmm. but I have never saged anywhere that I've traveled. And I said, I feel like I just need to get some energy out of here. Like maybe the last tenants or I didn't feel anything bad. (laughs) And you hadn't, none of the the podcast hadn't been posted yet. No, not at all. You hadn't been hearing any of these reactions yet. I just got this urge to sage and I went and got. Weirdly, I had an appointment to get Reiki healing that day. Wow. Because I do it sometimes. And she said, there's a lot of like, she said, well, I mean, I was like going through something as well. So, but she was like, there's a lot of kind of like longing in you and you you need to like let go of something. And obviously like that was why I was going because I could feel this physical anxiety. So she was like just helping me work through some physical stuff. And she said to me, there's there's just a lot on you. Like mm. she just kept being like, there's a lot on you. So I think we cleared some of that out. Like I just, I don't know. So mm-hmm. then I, then I got some stuff there and then I got some sage at that place and I came home and I burned sage. And I was thinking of it as like I'm cleansing my own shit, but it, I couldn't sleep again in that, in that new place. Weird. And I was like waking up at 3 a.m. again. And this time I was like, I feel something here and I would sleep with the light on. And so that's why when I got the messages from my podcast listeners that they heard a ghost, I didn't want to accept it because I felt like it wasn't in the carriage house, but it was like around me. Right. Yeah. Maybe and it I, followed you. I put everything together and I was like, I don't like this. Like I mm. thought like I'm possessed by the, de- I just was like, no. So that's why it was so upsetting to me. Like it wasn't funny. It wasn't cool. I was like, I wish this never happened. Like I need, I freaked out. So right. I contact you, Michael, like within a half hour of hearing that thing. Yeah. And, and this is the part where I get emotional, where I'm like the beautiful thing to me, whether it was radio interference or whatever. I was in New York so lonely. I've been there working for six months. I, I don't have a lot of friends left there. They all have moved to LA. 
I just was like working on another project. So I'd go home from work and work. I was just isolated a lot. And I was there last year too. And I feel like I've missed out on all my friends and I haven't really hung out with people and I haven't hung out with you in so long. And I, the fact that right away you jumped into action and really cared. <laughs> and I know it's also your hobby. No. But I was like, what a cool thing that I have these deep friendships that even if we don't see each other for a while, like it's totally acceptable for them to jump in and help me. And there was something like, even if that's what all this was about, like for me to remember, like I'm not alone was so beautiful to me. Oh, that's cry. so sweet. But no, you, so Yeah, you, I was out running errands and I get this text. <laughs> She's like, oh, people are telling me I got to ghost on my podcast. And I was kind of like, really, I was like, oh, this is, I mean, EVPs, we've had them on with Donna Lynn Champlin, uh, who's captured them, and she comes into the story in a minute as yeah. well. Um, and I was like, well, I'll take a look, or I'll take a listen. <laughs> and I was like standing in line at Starbucks, and I was like, boom, the hair just stood oh, up really? on my arms. I was like, oh, yeah. And I think I texted you, I was like, yeah. You got a ghost. You got a ghost. This is an EVP. I was just like, yep, there's no no mistake about it. It's really distinct, it. isn't it? And I then mean, it really the, stands out. Within five minutes. Because you were like, what, what's happening? Am I possessed by the devil? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'd be, I, Let's I had to not talk, jump to conclusions. I, had to talk, I yes, realized yes, I, I freaked you out because I was so like, oh, yeah. You got something here. <laughs> I was I was thinking like jackpot. Oh my uh, god! And but then you were like, "Fuck, am I possessed?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! It's not a demon. It's not a demon." You're like, "I'm pretty sure it's a demon." I'm like, "No, it's not. I promise you, it's not a demon." Wow. There's so many texts. There's that something. Like, it's pretty much a demon. Oh, you no. Great. I got a demon. Talking you Great. down from the fact Great. it wasn't a demon. I was like, "Oh shit!" So I was like, uh. "You know what? I think I got somebody who can help." And I contacted Donna Lynn Champlin. And so I started, I had two text threads going. I had one with Jen, one with Donna Lynn. Donna Lynn's like, oh, yeah. Oh, this Within is. Within five minutes, he starts in... a new text thread called Ghostbusters. Oh, my God. And he puts us all on it together. <laughs> he must have been in Paranormal Paradise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, this so, is what we train for. <laughs> so listen to this. So listen to what Donna Lynn does. Yeah. What did tell, she does? Well, you, she contacted. A, no, you tell because I'm going to forget. I was oh, okay. I was freaking out. My so, coworker kept coming in, going, "Are you still texting about that?" I'm like, "There was a ghost." Yeah, because yeah. I played it for him. He's like, "That's radio interference," and I was like, "Get out of here." Well, right, I put you right. guys on the same thread because Donalyn's like, "Would she mind if I contact my mentor?" She's speaking about her, I believe, Wiccan mentor. Mm -hmm. It was like, we can do a remote cleansing, and I have some questions for Jen. So basically, Donna Lynn and her friend performed remotely a cleansing ritual to banish and let this spirit go. And they had decided. Now, Donna Lynn was the first to point out it's saying, come get my book. And I listened to it. And I was like, I think. And Jen was like, No, the demons got mm. me. And the demons <laughs> saying, Come to my room. Interesting. I, but so I guess Donna Lynn and I'm obviously speaking. I heard for her, book today for the first time because I hear yeah. K on yeah. the end of it. Um, that Donna Lynn and her friend had they had said what that they had because Donna Lynn's friend I guess is better at this than Donna Lynn is, but they had decided that this was a conservative older man who yeah. had been who had once lived in that carriage house and was triggered by 
uh, Jen's story about gay marriage. Mm. And what he might have been saying was, come get my book. Like, I want to show you the Bible or this or that. And then he wasn't, a, he wasn't, it, even though it sounds very creepy yeah. and malevolent, mm. that he wasn't necessarily a bad guy, right? Well, they said, too, guy, that right? he'd been, What did they tell you? They said my insomnia was him there. She yeah. said it was like a chatty husband like you're laying in bed and your husband's just like and anyway my day was like this and blah 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 mm. and he was keeping me awake mm. and that does resonate with me about the energy I was feeling mm-hmm. like that he was trying to get my attention and was like I'll go into the machine then if I have to and I it freaked me out because it's like it's like he knew like she's never gonna hear me I have to jump into this thing yeah and then she said something like he, it matched up with like the longing stuff. It was like he wanted to go to the other side. I don't know if he had someone on the other side or, you know, he was a, he'd been widowed or well, I don't know right. what it was, but she said something like he needed to move on and go through to the other thing. Mm. But my Reiki session was about me moving on from something that like is hanging over me right, forever. Right. And I just thought that was weird that, if this is true, that our energies lined up like that. Right. That's, that's where I'm leaning more yeah, towards. And, it, and, uh, and she was like, made me feel so good. The way she spun it was, oh, so then after all that, I said, okay, and I, fine with me, do whatever. She gave me specific, like, you know, chants or mantras or prayers or right. whatever you want to call them right. to go home and sage, make an X in everything, a window, a door, a mirror, any opening, mm-hmm. and say, you know, spirits, don't, you know, whatever. Basically, a lot of those things go. that triggered Kevin Kirkpatrick, if you remember months back, when right. she tried to right. help guide Kevin through staging right. his house, and he was freaked out by all the Christian iconography. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that didn't bother me. And she was like, yeah. you could say anything, like father, mother, energy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, just basically good energy. It's like mm-hmm. poltergeist, like, yeah. get yeah, this I, bad energy I, I really vibe with kind of what you're saying. I mean... I think if it's more like, you know, if, if everything's running on energy, frequency, and vibration, um, that if this phenomena was sort of the transmitter and you were the receiver, however you were feeling in and up in that week or, you yeah. know, that you guys could have aligned and coalesced on some sort of same type of frequency or vibration, allowing that phenomena to come through uh, in your podcast or, you know, yeah. into that room or, you know... Not so much maybe, I would disagree with like, you know, personalizing it as like, you know, he didn't like the, uh, you know, the planning of the gay marriage <laughs> thing or something like that. I think that becomes too subjective. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's definitely more with like aligning a frequency um, and, and allowing something like that to come through. Almost as if it's like a leftover, um, you know, energy plasma or something like that and you just happen to like walk through that wave you know i feel that and then when she when they when it was all done because i was really scared it was kind of so did you did you do all the i did everything yeah Yeah. i was still she was like let me know how it goes the next day i think i was texting you that night i was like i'm in bed i still don't feel better now here's what was crazy at the same time i was watching goliath you know that show on amazon right and season two i haven't seen it it was really (laughs) scary (laughs) for me i don't like anything scary it was like real fucked up and I'm watching it in bed. I'm like, well, maybe that's not helping. So I put that down. But I was afraid to get in touch. Like, I was afraid to think positive things. I don't know. I just felt negative and weird. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and it was fine. But I was like, I don't think it worked. It's a demon. And then I felt fine. And everything just kind of lifted. And I slept fine. And I didn't feel like I had to have the lights on or anything like that. Yeah. And what I liked that, she, that Donna was saying was, 
you really, you know, don't, there's nothing negative that happened. You weren't possessed. You weren't whatever. She's like, you really helped him. Like you're mm. a hero. <laughs> you're the hero of the yeah. story. Like yeah. you, and I, for some reason it just made me cry. I was like, let's just say there's no ghosts or whatever. But my energy of like needing to let go and like go to my own other side Let's just say I somehow manifested a weird voice that yeah, made people some sort then... of psychic uh, manifest telekinetic manifestation. Yeah, yeah, and then that made someone say something to me about how someone needs to go to the other side and let go, and that's what someone else had said to me the day before in a rake. Whatever it is, I was like, "Whoa, there's so much energy out there." I don't even know the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. I just felt different since that happened. And I felt like I did an episode about it a week later where I explained, like, I don't care what it was, if it was ghosts or not. Mm -hmm. What's more important to me was, like, I thought of our friendship. I thought of how cool it is that people just want to help people. Mm -hmm. And then how um, lovely it is to... I don't know. I just liked, and then I, this people that even listen to this dumb podcast I do that <laughs> that they would even like. We know how that feels. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that they would even like want to talk to me. But I don't know. It was just great, and I felt like there's just this little safe world I've made with the people in my life. Yeah. And, and I came back to LA, and I'm just never been happier because I'm with all my people, and I've literally been like every five minutes on the verge of tears because I'm so grateful to be back and I don't feel isolated anymore. Right. Um, it's not that New York was isolating. I was isolating while there mm -hmm. and as a protection against like just all the stress and stuff I was going through, and it didn't. That doesn't work. Only connection with other people wow. relieves anything. You were the ghost Carl of Jung. your own haunting. I mean, Carl Jung don't would you have think? a field day. <laughs> Maybe. Absolutely. So, you know, this whole thing, electronic voice phenomena, is a mystery, and it is a phenomena. Nobody really knows if it's like, you know, spirits or, um, you know, souls from beyond the grave, which a lot of people think it is. But, you know, there's another theory that's like, you know, and this this goes into all the paranormal stuff, you have lights in the sky and stuff like this, that through our own consciousness, we are actually, um, through our heightened emotions and the energy that it creates, we are actually the cause and the creation of some of this phenomena. You know what I mean? Mm. So experiencing all that, you know, trauma that you were that you were feeling it might have manifested in some sort of i don't know if i believe that I, I i'm more on the side of like this you know um that maybe that was something from the other side or something like that but you know um i'm just more into like however i need to learn a lesson like tell it to me and sometimes if i'm not listening like yeah. the world will hit me with something weird like that yeah and i i don't know i Ever since then, it's like when people die on the operating table and then they're not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of ghosts anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really bother me. Wow. And, and now so, you can listen to the podcast. And now I can listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so like, and that's why I was saying now I actually can listen. It doesn't scare me. I feel in control of it. And I do feel like, because I think I was texting you about it, Michael, like, I'm sick of this. There's always been ghosts bothering me. Yeah. yeah. And I am don't yeah, you've, want you've it. you've said that already. Yeah. On this, like, oh, I said it earlier. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. And now I'm like, you know what? Like, even though it is weird, it it's fine. Like, I feel special in a weird way. Right. That so maybe you took I, the reins I'm back. Intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. God, how that is. So... I mean, I just I don't want any demons. I would like yeah. to that put that said. out there. Next step, <laughs> demons. <laughs> it is interesting though that you mentioned that when you first came to that place, you felt really at home. Like it, yes. uh, it, it something clicked with you in that space. I walked in, and the girl there was. 
actually, usually at an Airbnb, they're, they're not still there cleaning yeah. after check-in. And she's like, I'm so sorry, but she was a neat freak like me, and she was really cool. And she's like, do you want some wine? And I'm just like, I love it here. And <laughs> she said, um, I said, if you ever move, will you let me know? Like, I want this place. Mm. And then she's like, totally. And then, of course, she is moving, but because the landlord jacked up the rent, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. But anyway, yes. but but yeah, I just said, I don't know what it is here, but I love it. This feels like my mind. Wow. So what do we think? If it was like... I want to explore this just a tiny bit. So if it was like, come to my room, or if it was, come get my book, what do you think that uh, that means, or that was trying to uh, well, accomplish or say? Well, I think that that's where the <clears throat> the narrative that you objected to comes from. I think in this situation, you kind of have to take some of this for face value. Okay, if it is a conscious entity conversing with you mm -hmm. you have to look at the evidence that's there on tape right and it's kind of like what R riley pointed out i think really astutely which i hadn't caught before was he also interrupts two times where she's saying at first uh, you know quoting the guy saying at first i thought no mm -hmm. and then the other time saying i didn't want this mm -hmm. so the re the res if it's a call and response you have i first i want to know come get my book and i didn't want this come get my book right so it to me and perhaps to Donna Lynn's mentor, Donna Lynn, I don't know. I was involved in that part of the the, you know, the story directly. It could be a guy saying, "Hey, check out, you know, if he was a conservative guy, he might be saying, "Well, let's look and see what the Bible says." <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? I don't know. Or saying, let me help, or let look at this, or I need to show you something. Yeah, she said there could have been an option too, where he heard marriage and wanted to marry them or something. Yeah, mm. oh, right, sure. Or, huh? or maybe he's interrupting, trying to talk to Jen. You know, maybe he's saying, "I have a book, I have a journal where I wrote everything about myself." Maybe it's buried somewhere in the walls. I mean, I'm speculating, yeah. but he, he could have just been trying to more steam. location centric, yeah, like or that. just trying to talk over the the guy who's writing into Jen and mm -hmm. being like, "No, listen to me, listen to me. I have a story too. Mm -hmm. Come get my book. You know, come to I, my room." I that resonates with me, and I feel like. Where I was sitting I mean, was... I we can only speculate, really, yeah. but... Yeah. Where I was sitting was like a bench at the kitchen table and it was a clear view of the bedroom. And I always have a book just sitting on my bed. I mean, it's my Kindle, so it's not a book. But, um, And I feel like when I heard that, I feel like he was saying, can you come back in the bedroom? That's where we spend our special time. That's right. where I'm downloading to you every night. That's where you feel me. Like, mm. come get my... Like, come in here. That's yeah. why I thought it was coming to my room yeah. for so long. And not in, like, a creepy way, but just, like, can, come back. Yeah, come back. Yeah. And that that's what I thought. And maybe if there is a book, I don't know what. But I like that notion of it's a journal or well, something. Well, I would trust your instinct on that. Yeah. You know, for sure. That's a thing that we always kind of reiterate with people who have these uh, eyewitness accounts or firsthand experiences. Trust what your gut tells you. I mean, there's fear there as well, obviously. I mean, a lot of us were like, it's not a demon. I think that was your fear talking. Yeah. But now that you've had time to process and look back on it, I'd say you're the best person to interpret that experience. And it sounds like you've done an excellent job of doing it and yeah. found like a really cool way to personalize that experience as well and have it be a teachable moment, you know, but totally. Yeah. I don't know. I what think I also like the notion of like in my head, and I don't know where I'm getting this. He's trying to get to his wife on the other side, and mm. he's like been lonely without her and all this stuff. And so I felt like I helped someone 
do that if that's true. Help yeah. communicate a message, sure. Yeah, and so I thought that was kind of neat. Like, look how we all help each other. You know, there's a there's a new show on on um, I forget where, it is, but it's called in, they 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 rebooted they rebooted In Search of uh-huh. and uh, uh, starring Zachary Quinto and In Search uh, Zachary Quinto and the old In Search of used to be hosted by Leonard Nimoy and they would just they would explore various topics like you know that's where I first saw the the Patterson Gimlin film of uh, of Bigfoot walking across Bluff Creek but they also explore like alien life life after death all these really cool topics. And so I was watching last week. I've been meaning and, to check it out. Is it good? Well, check out the episode on Life After Death because they do a whole segment about EVP. This guy, he loses his daughter in a in a in a horrible car accident. She's like 17 or 18. And then um immediately he started uh I forget how the story plays out, but he he starts getting these messages through his radio and and, and recording electronic (laughs) voice phenomena from her. So much to the fact that he quits his job and he manufactures and um, invents this equipment for recording um, personalized EVP recorders and stuff like that. And uh, there's what they play one thing. He has it all on digital audio file where the, the, the voice from the daughter is, it says something, tell mom it's okay. You know, yeah. like, so, I mean, but right. And what, what he was saying is that he's actually comforted yeah. by these EVPs that he was getting. Yeah. And, um, cause he felt that he was in communication with his daughter and they even show, so he would took his bedroom in the segment and he actually put up video cameras, uh, because you know, the contact was like increasing. And so he set up video cameras in his room along with his audio, uh, recording equipment and he captured um, and so he would like invite the presence. He would invite her uh, to come communicate. And you see this orb, this white orb float into mm. the video and like and like kind of hover over him and then shoot out the window. And it was like, I mean, it really kind of like puts the evidence of like audio and visual and like it really starts to play like, God, maybe there's something beyond the grave that is like, you know, if it needs or wants to communicate badly enough that it, it, you know, it can find ways and opportunities to do so. That's crazy. That also freaks me out because it's like, okay, maybe it is my daughter, but what if it's someone pretending to be my daughter? That's Something the demon. Totally. To yeah. Be my daughter. yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that freaks me out. I know. Stuff, guys. You don't demons. want a Bell Witch <laughs> instance happening in your yeah. house. Well, uh, what channel is In Search of on? Do you uh, or what did you watch it on? I think it was either history or TLC or I think it's history uh, maybe. Yeah, I gotta watch but, it. But but check it out if you, it it was called it's the life after death segment and it it it's worth a look at especially after hearing your story of of EVP. I, real quick, I, I know say, Zach. I'd like to get him on the show. That would be awesome. I've stayed in over seven Airbnbs in the last two years, and I do not have a personal relationship with anybody who I've rented from. Even people I've stayed with a month, they would find it very odd if I texted them out of the blue. During my stay, like, I love your taste. And this girl and I would text all the time. Mm. And she would be like, you're so great. I'm just going to, like, the wine I was drinking during the podcast was a bottle she had bought me and left in the apartment. Like, she was still, she was in town. And she would, like, I'd be like, drop by and, like, get your things as you need to. Like, I I don't care. I'm at work all the time. Anyway, my point is, 
I actually, of all people, do have a relationship with her. I could text her and say, have you ever had any weird experiences? But mm. I'm afraid mm. of looking crazy. So, But I isn't that interesting so. that of evidence. all the people I have a relationship with, it's someone that might have information for me, but I'm afraid to ask. Because I'm you not going to be like, do. I have a podcast, and then here's the EVP. Like, too much. Send her this podcast. No. Send this to her and be like, I'm going to sound like a psycho. I don't think so. (laughs) And like, let's say she knew, quote, who I was. Like if she knew, oh, you're a comedian. I've seen your Netflix. Maybe I feel more comfortable. I'd be like, oh, I have to do this podcast. But she's just like, I don't know who you are. Imagine if there was more to this story. I mean, you know, what we find out is that that people are, even though they sometimes seem stranger to all this stuff, they they themselves, I mean, we're finding more people are like connected to like strange happenings than 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 usually the people like to believe. I mean, I yeah, sure. Maybe, I could I could just say to maybe her, maybe just open a dialogue like you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, right now she's floating seven <laughs> feet above her bed, <laughs> spinning and <laughs> screaming as you know, like <laughs> candlesticks float I around just, the room. I could just say to her, now that I'm back in L.A., I wanted to ask you this. I'm sorry if it sounds crazy. Did you ever experience anything weird? Because I've had That's some weird experiences in your apartment. But I don't want to freak you out. And I think she's since moved. Yeah, do it. So that's all. I'm not going to say the EVP. I'll just say yeah. I felt a presence and I couldn't sleep. And Yeah. She'd be like, oh, you mean Harold? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that's a great way to open up. Have yeah. you ever felt or experienced anything weird in that apartment? <laughs> like, what? Who is this? Have you or your friends experienced <laughs> a ghost, spook, or specter? Uh, that Ghostbusters ad, that's the best. All I can think about this is, is some sort of Cloud Atlas scenario where you actually lived in that apartment back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I thought about that too. And the book is like a picture of you in like old-timey clothes. You are the oh, wife. God. You're yeah. the wife. Right. I, I just don't oh. believe that we're so reincarnated. You know, I don't think that's true. No. It's just all I can think How about. How cool would it be, though? <laughs> it's just a or great story. Or just a weird time-space continuum. Like, yeah. Well, that would be the multi-universe I great theory, in you know? old-timey stuff, too. There like, you go. I meant to be from there. I have an 1800s face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely one. Um, we, we don't need any more high strangeness on the episode, but we do have more in store. But before we do that, I want to play a quick game with Jen that we had not yet invented uh, when you came onto the podcast mm. for your first visit. This is a game called Bullshit or Believe It. It's rapid fire. I'm going to go down a list of things. Okay. If you believe in it, you say believe it. If you think it's bullshit, if you don't, say bullshit. Obviously, you can use intonation and inflection however you want if you're skeptical (laughs) or undecided. But you can you have two answers. Okay, Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. And we can circle back on anything you want to talk about after down the list. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Bigfoot. Angels. Believe bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. JFK assassination conspiracy. Believe it. Fairies. Which one? But I believe one of them. Fairies. Fairies. Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness monster. <laughs> Alien greys. Who? Alien greys, like the gray aliens oh. with the big, oh, big black it. eyes. Believe it. Parallel universes. Believe it. Reptilians disguising themselves as humans. Bullshit. Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Dragons. Bullshit. Yeti. <laughs> Isn't that Bigfoot? Abominable snowman. Believe it. Elves. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> she gave that one to us. Uh, uh, ESP. Believe it. Chupacabra. Bullshit. Demons. Hmm. 
Guess I believe it. Atlantis. <laughs> Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Bullshit. <laughs> peace in the multiverse. Believe it. Great. Well done. That was Thank amazing. You. Wait, so that you, was amazing. You, I'm so surprised you said bullshit to UFOs. Well, I do believe that there are unidentified flying objects. Of course, I just don't think they've come here and that anyone has seen one because well, of just because of time space shit. But I do believe there are aliens. Oh, right, because you think they're time travelers, maybe. I think that just how would they get here? Like we wouldn't. It takes too long. I don't know. There's something weird. Well, yeah. You know what? What? We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and I got a story that's going to challenge that belief. All right. Mm -hmm. Turn one of those bullshits into belief. (laughs) (laughs) I was just just telling Jen, I I made a little printout on uh, a short EVP history. What a good boy. Uh, But it's not generally known that in the 1920s, Thomas Edison tried to invent a machine that would communicate with the dead. Thinking this was possible, he wrote, If our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it remains memory, intellect, other faculties, and knowledge that we acquire on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument so delicate as to be affected by our personality, as it survives in the next life, such such an instrument, when made available, ought to record something. That's amazing, and I love it, because he's a man of science, and yeah. he's looking at this scientifically. Yeah. And it, it was made, Thomas Edison, it is my podcast app called iRig. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, hmm. he would have loved my podcast. Yeah, he would have. I mean, just that moment. Maybe no, probably like the, the whole thing. No, you think? Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, hell yeah. So, moving on to Jen's yeah. disbelief in UFOs. Well, guys. What are you going to do about that, Mike? You know, we've talked a lot about uh, UFOs on this uh, show before, uh, but we haven't really talked about the birth of modern UFOlogy mm. and or UFOlogy. Uh, and this is a story that we've mentioned a couple times in passing on the show. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't really know the the details on this, Bryce. I think you probably do better than I. Uh, but um, this is the story of Kenneth Arnold and the birth of the Flying Saucer. Yeah. Amazing. June 24th, 1947, private pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying over Washington State when he spotted a fleet of nine radiant, unidentifiable craft flying in formation over Mount Rainier. The sighting would gain massive popularity in the press and coin the term Flying Saucer. In fact, it's the first post-war sighting in the U.S. that really sparked the modern UFO phenomenon that we are arguably still living in today. Kenneth Arnold, he was born uh, in 1915, so he's, I think if I've done my math right, he's 32 at the time of this sighting. Uh, Math is not my strong uh, suit, Uh, but that's really basic math. (laughs) He was uh, born in Minnesota, grew up, grew up in Scobie, Montana, but by the late 40s, he was a successful businessman businessman who sold private mechanized firefighting systems and equipment all across the Pacific Northwest. So like sprinkler systems and, you know, fire extinguishers. 
He was also a skilled private pilot who had recently purchased a Calair A2 airplane that he flew around for business, selling fire extinguishers and often taking off and landing in cow pastures, which, according to him, is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, so the Calair um, A2, this is like a old, this is kind of an old school propeller airplane that you see flying. You know, it's kind. I think it's kind of similar to the one said uh, Harrison Ford is always crashing and surviving. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, so on June 24th, 1947, Kenneth was flying from Shinalis, uh, Washington, Shinalis, Washington to Yakima on one of those very uh, business excursions when he made a brief detour to search for a supposed U.S. Marine Corps C-6 that had crashed somewhere around May- Mount Rainier. Um, there was a $5,000 reward. He heard about it on the radio and he thought, well, I'll go see if I can help out and maybe make a little money. You know, Kenneth Arnold, all about about business. I think this guy actually was a really savvy business guy. Uh, That's not to uh, take any credibility away from him or this sighting. But as you'll see, he really knew how to capitalize on on, uh, what happened to him. Um, So just a couple minutes before 3 p.m., as he was flying at about 9,000 feet over Mineral, Washington, uh, searching for this C-6 and having no luck, Kenneth sees a, he saw a flash of light over Mount Rainier, and he looks out his cockpit cockpit window to the left and sees a fleet of nine aircraft flying in V formation emerge from behind the mountain peaks. And at first, Arnold wondered if the objects were U.S. fighter jets, Um, and he was startled to be traveling in such close airspace. But he knew he wasn't alone in the skies that day. There was a DC-9 off to his right, uh, safely off in the distance. And so he checked and made sure that that plane was still there, which it was. But there was something strange about these particular objects. If they were fighter jets, where were their tails? As the objects flew across the mountain range at a speed Arnold would later conclude, using pilot math, was approximately 1,200 miles per hour. Now, Chuck Yeager would go on to break the speed of sound that October. Wow. So it's not happened yet. And that is around 758 miles per hour. And he could tell, Arnold could tell basically by, you know, he's just a smart guy. He knows sort of, he went later and looked at the distance between the mountain peaks that he saw these, and he he said it took about a minute and a half for these guys to travel. And he said, if you're standing on the ground and watching something fly overhead... The speed looks dis- different relative to if you're flying alongside somebody and you can usually see even something traveling very fast. You can see them for a lot longer than he was able to see these. So he knew that they were moving really, really fast based on the distance between the mountain peaks and how quickly it took from them to go from his field of vision left to right. So this is something this is basically uh, showing off technology that government did not have was not capable of at that time at those speeds um so uh yeah and as they flew they would occasionally tilt towards his plane sending little flashes of bright bluish light in his direction either off the sun or it may have been radiating some kind of light itself the shape of the crafts uh arnold could see were rounded in the front like the letter d curving on each side to two points at the tail end and then with a smaller point in the center 
uh, of the rear part of the craft. They kind of looked like boomerangs. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you a picture here that we'll throw up. Obviously, you can go to our Instagram feed and scroll through. So they kind of looked like this. They almost kind of look like one of Batman's batarangs. Totally. Without the <laughs> without the pointy ears on the batarang. The objects were wider than they were thin. He said that they were about, they looked to be about um, uh, 12 meters wide, maybe. And then, but the, they were just super thin. Um, and I have to check to see about the length of those, the, how wide they were. But they held form and did not spin or spiral as they flew across the sky. Arnold later said in an interview with a reporter that they, quote, flew erratic like a saucer if you skip it across the water. Right. That's the famous quote, yeah. After the objects vanished from view, Arnold circled back and flew on to Yakima. When he landed, he told a pilot friend and a couple other pilots hanging around the airport about what he saw. And his friend kind of laughed him. He listened courteously, Arnold said, but kind (laughs) of laughed him off. And a couple of the other pilots said, you know, probably what you saw are these things called guided missiles. You know, uh, we have the ability to have these guided missiles. Um, but something about the encounter took hold in Arnold's mind. There was something eerie about that. <laughs> Just experience. nine guided missiles yeah, flying go, across like Washington. Going where? It's probably what you saw. <laughs> so I mean, by- they shoot missiles like that all the time <laughs> yeah. around here. So by that night, the press was reaching out to Kenneth Arnold, and within two days, his sighting became national news. Now, here's the thing that you have to kind of put into context, which was... There had been reports, you know, in the turn of the century of airships or mysterious air balloons. And sometimes people reported stories of those pilots who looked human landing in their yards and having sort of like steampunky outfits on. Um, There was something going on in Sweden called ghost rockets or ghost missiles that people Mm -hmm. had seen. But there really wasn't happening stateside in the U.S. other than I think the there were uh, uh, the Battle of LA that happened in 1941, where there was sure. some sort of craft that apparently flew over that they all thought was a Japanese warship. The term UFO was not popular at this point, and I'm not even sure it was um, invented yet. No, that came later. That came later through the military trying to categorize this phenomenon. So, this idea of alien spacecraft or whatever was not in the lexicon of American society yet. Mm -hmm. So when he saw these crafts, he was not putting it into context of alien spaceships. He was baffled because he could not explain what he saw. And he knew that there was something technological about them. And this is actually a big leap in the history of aerial phenomena because before this, when people would see something in the sky, they often attributed to it as something religious, mm-hmm. some sort of spiritual um, uh, encounter. But after this, and because of this, um, Kenneth Arnold saw this and he said it was technological. I think he said something, and I'm paraphrasing, that it was technological and therefore knowable. And suddenly we became, as a society, infatuated with the idea that there was some kind of new technology flying around the skies. Um, so these reports um, became really popular, and, and this, this made international news. Uh, and 
that famous quote about him saying he saw them skipping, they were flying like saucers skipping across water, that got misquoted, put into a headline that said that a pilot saw flying saucers. Yeah, it's usually some inventive journalist who, who coins yeah. these terms. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so this term, flying saucer, took off, even though that's not what he actually said, nor were the crafts actually saucer-shaped. Mm-hmm. But you'll see he leaned into it and sort of knew, like a good businessman, he's like, well, this is the meme. <laughs> I mean, they didn't say that back then, but yeah. that's the meme that took off and he, he embraced it. But he was kind of annoyed by the fact... I never, I never actually call them flying saucers. Um, so the he was interviewed by the military. Uh, they thought there was some rumors going around, and some people were thinking maybe it was some kind of Russian technology uh, that they later poo-pooed and decided that wasn't it. And the official uh, Air Force uh, explanation for this became he had seen mirages. It's in your head. It's a mirage. Yeah. It was a yes. it was a mountain mirage. Oh yeah. And and it, at elevated peaks, it's kind of like when you you know when you're driving down a road, a hot road. If you're in the desert out here in the Mojave, you can see the wavy lines ahead. That happens on mountaintops too, but they stay they're stationary. They don't move across the and sky. And they're not so definitive. Yeah. It looks like wavy lines. Right. Yeah. And again, he's a very experienced pilot. He knows that he's seeing some sort of technological craft at least from his point of view um so that was it i mean that's basically how the flying saucer phenomenon was born in the following weeks americans started seeing more and more crafts Mm -hmm. as a massive ufo flap the first in modern american history began and lasted for the next few weeks over the next month very similar to the ufo flap of 1952 that we talked about with our guest danny jollis sure over washington dc yeah and Suddenly, I, I'm sh- I'm sure some people were hopping on the bandwagon. There was some mass hysteria taking place, but flying saucers were suddenly everywhere, and it all culminates in a now infamous crash that took place in Roswell, New Mexico, only three weeks after this first sighting. Oh, that's incredible! I didn't know that. Yep, that's so great backstory. That happened. The Roswell crash happens uh, in the midst of this huge UFO flap that people are seeing and and because no one really knew what they were yet even in the initial story reported by the roswell i think gazette i can't remember the name of the local paper they said the military has recovered a crash flying saucer right and that went to press before army pr could get word to the gazette to go no 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 don't print that don't print that we want to take that back we don't want people knowing that's what it is and they were like sorry it's already literally gone out so the cover up and the and the the narrative changed starting the next day the next morning and that's when they brought in Jesse Marcel to pose with tinfoil and say it was a weather balloon etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. that's a different podcast that we'll for get sure to. um and but Arnold, uh, Kenneth Arnold would not lose in, uh, interest in the UFO phenomenon. In fact, he quickly became one of the country's leading ufologists and advocates, investigating eyewitness reports and also writing a book called "The Coming of the Saucers," where he mm. wrote about his own experience and then other people's experiences that he interviewed. And again, like any good salesman, he really leaned into the branding on that one. Sure. So one of Arnold's first investigations was an account that supposedly took place just three days before Arnold's own sighting at a place called Maury Island. And it is a strange, strange case that brought Kenneth Arnold face-to-face with the notorious men in black for the first time in recorded history. Oh. But that 
is also a story for another day. <laughs> uh, tease you. Just a side note, there was at least one other witness that day to what Kenneth Arnold saw. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, there were a few witnesses who saw that. Yeah, right? there was a prospector by the name of Fred Johnson who oh, was... Oh, Fred Johnson! Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> could be my old great-great-grandfather. Yes, he he was, loves Alaskan Bushmen. He yeah. was prospecting uh, at 5,000 feet on Mount Adams, and that was where he was tracking... Arnold was tracking them flying from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams. When he said that he saw the craft fly over his head and disappear into a cloud. And this is really interesting because... Uh, his compass needle that he had started going crazy, going back and forth and spinning. So Ooh. that's also our first um, modern uh, record of UFO craft interfering with man-made instruments. Um, and what's cool about this is even though it's a shared mutual sighting, Project Blue Book that Alan Hynek worked on, uh, and we'll eventually need to do a story about him as well, According to the Project Blue Book, Kenneth Arnold's sighting is classified as explained. It's explained phenomenon. It was a mirage. That was it. Mm, that's surprising. I didn't know that. Yeah. However, Fred Johnson's in the his sighting in the Blue Book of the same phenomenon is considered unexplainable. Mm. So that was so. Wow, that you've really put it, the yeah. history of it together. Yeah, it's in it's a way I've never heard. Um. Yeah, it's great, and and that sort of that's where it all that's where it all began. And ever since then, we've been sort of trying to each time we are having a UFO encounter, we're basically echoing the same experience that Kenneth Arnold had, mm. saying, "What are these ships? Who made them? Where did they come from?" And it was fascinating because he never explicitly said and this is what i really like about him as a witness he never explicitly said and he may had he may have gone on to later but during that time he kind of took the attitude of i don't i i know what i saw but i don't know what it is and he never said it's definitely aliens. Mm-hmm. He was just saying this is something that is new, it is something strange and we cannot put our finger on it and it is tangible. I know pilot, I'm a pilot. I've seen these and he went on he had a couple more sightings as well. Um and he's like other pilots have had sightings and he became buddies with those guys and investigators with them. Um and he did an interview in the 70s where he's just like it's ridiculous that our military is not <laughs> acknowledging that this is a real tangible phenomenon that's happening. Hmm. Wow. I guess I want to ref- <laughs> But it's because my last episode was like, yeah, I totally believe in UFO. And I do. I believe possibly that the life that I believe exists possibly in other planets can fly around and whatever. The thing that I have trouble with is that they would get here, crash, and still be alive and do stuff to people because it takes millions of years to get here. How are they? So that's, well, I just don't well, believe the, in like you're not that the only, part. You're not the only one. I mean, part of the big um, controversy in, in, in the in the scientific world is they say, you know, the, the distances are just too vast, too far and in between for some, I mean, for something to travel uh, to our Earth, moving. If 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 we all agree that nothing travels faster than the speed of light, I think our closest star is like you know fourteen thousand light years away. It's just is, it, is that zeta reticuli, something like that. Yeah, I see. And so the, just the math wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't allow for an alien craft to uh, travel from let's say you know zeta reticuli here to Earth. And so that's kind of the argument, you know. Um, 
but uh, but what we like to kind of entertain is that uh you know well perhaps is what you know even even our new science is telling us like quantum physics that there are things yeah. there are particles that can travel faster than the speed of light not only that you know perhaps time and space can be bent like wormholes i mean yeah. stuff like that is I coming i think it's out. wormholes I, I really do i think if there's interstellar travel it's because they are finding a way to, to punch space through and time. space That's time so exciting. There, there, there's also though that hitler stuff which i hate to bring up but Post, <laughs> post the war. Now for our new segment. <laughs> that Hitler, Hitler stuff. We hate to bring up Hitler. <laughs> but there is the, all those rumors, and maybe they, it's just like the another part of them trying to whatever. But it was like, we took some of the German technology. Hitler was obsessed with like, yeah. so, like obsessed. those shapes. And maybe we... People don't want to know that our technology came from Project Nazis, so we, Pro- yeah, that's right. so we keep it quiet, and that's what he saw because it was after the war. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, the the thing in doing research with this, you would find guys at the time talking about how like the Germans were ahead of us in rocket engineering, and not not even just rocket engineering, but ahead of us in- Warner Von um, Braun. He built our Saturn rockets, yeah, which sent our astronauts to the moon. He, mm-hmm. They were ahead of us in um, aircraft as well, jet propulsion, basically. Uh, maybe, you know, but, yeah. but then if that's the case, why is Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier and that being big news? You know, and why I mean? wouldn't they just say, guys, guys, this is just technology that we're testing out. Like, right. they, they would just say that. I, I, you know, I, I believe all these pilots and that thing you sent me that was on the daily, the daily. Yeah. That from I, the New York the, Times. Yes. The story about the um, we bring it up all the time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That thing's about crazy. The... I I do believe something. I just can't explain it. But I'm I'm a little hesitant with like I saw a guy with that. Uh, no, you well, right. you're in you're in the same boat as us. I yeah. mean, we we can't explain it. We we I mean, we're still no closer to really saying, oh, this is who's flying these things. This is where they come from, and this is how the technology works. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, that's why this whole kind of class of of uh people who are into this stuff are so divided. I mean, you have this kind of nuts and bolts camp that says, "Oh, this is just hard technology, hard you know, um nuts and bolts type craft from from so and so." And then you have a, another camp that it's like, "I I don't know, maybe there's some sort of a dimensional thing to this aspect." I mean, we're starting to think now, at least I know I do that that you know our consciousness plays a direct part in an interaction with whatever is taking place here you know well if we blow up what happened to jen let's say with your evp and if you were to take it not as a literal ghost but as some sort of psychic manifestation uh that was connected to a tangible and intangible emotional experience that you were going through that there might be something happening on a greater level global planetary level with us as a species and that the ufos might be some sort of outward psychic projection that reflects back at us to make us think differently about our world about our reality and not question everything as just being um you know this is you know not take reality at face value, basically. I'm down with that, too. It's mm-hmm. weird stuff. It's weird stuff. But You have to add psychic projections to your list of <laughs> yeah. bullshit or believe Okay, it. cool. We'll do that for sure. Oh, yeah, that's sure. a good one for sure. Um, it's really weird, but I, I, I think this story uh, is fascinating. It's very tame by, today, by today's standards, but I think we kind of have to acknowledge it as, you know, this really is the birth of 
of, of UFO phenomenon, mm-hmm. and it is it's fascinating. And I was surprised to learn, like, oh yeah, no one had really there was not the term flying saucer. So when they were seeing these things, they now today we take it for granted. We jump, like you said, straight to aliens, but we don't. They weren't doing that back <laughs> then. Yeah. Oh, oh, we got a c- coffee cup down. Keep talking. You just I have psychically a projected. I have a tied. <laughs> that couch is such a piece of shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, I hate stains. Go on. Keep anyway, talking. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a cool story. Well, and you know the the lexicon has kind of uh, there's you know it start that Kenneth Arnold kicked off the uh, we're watching Jen as she pulls out a, a, a tied thing. You are unbelievably prepared. She's on it. Yeah. <laughs> just anything that may happen. She just busts out this bag that has like uh, she's like camping here. It's amazing. It's her own personal UFO. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I've got everything you might need. It's an it's an interdimensional pocket. <laughs> Who needs dissolvable clonopin like or Mary some Poppins. electrolytes or phone cleaners, mouthwash, nail file? <laughs> let me yeah, let me get a phone cleaner real quick and uh, but. No, I was going to say, so as far as the, like the terminology, it was, it was flying saucers, and that you know, it was Kenneth Arnold's sighting that kind of kicked it off. And then after uh, the Air Force launched Project Blue Book, it was J. Yeah. Allen Hynek who really kind of coined the phrase UFO, which, become, which then became the norm, you know, unidentified mm-hmm. flying object. And it wasn't only until recently that really the popular nomenclature now is UAP, which is Unexplained Aerial Phenomena. So as the lexicon kind of moves with uh, with the data coming across, you know, um, UAP is is not as fun. Yeah, no. I know UFO UFOs. is still always kind of like you know. It's more fun to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what I'm really interested in doing moving forward, and not that we'll do it necessarily in chronological order, but I definitely want to start. Uh, you know, because one of the cool things about doing this podcast is I now think I'm crossing through the threshold of like, oh, I'm interested in this stuff and I want to talk about it. Now I really, really want to start researching the history of all of this. So I want to do sort of a chronological history, starting with this of the UFO. Oh, I love it. And I know the next story that I want to do will be the sequel to this Kenneth Arnold one. Well, you know, it's like, listen, we've been we've been doing this podcast for almost a year, and isn't it funny how we've avoided the biggest UFO case in history, which is the 47 crash of Roswell? Well, because mm-hmm. I want to do I want us to do it right. I mean, yeah, it, it really takes its own special attention. And and here's the thing about mm. that whole crash is that is that that kind of splits off onto a timeline where you really get into, and there's a lot of, you know, you get into, like, recovered crash, recovered bodies— um, reversed technology, and then it really kind of goes down to a level of government involvement and insider information, and uh, and you know it. You really, ha- I mean, if you're interested in this stuff, it's a it's a it's a path you have to travel. That's where you know you know. And we it, and said it, we avoid conspiracies, but that's when the real conspiracy that's the ultimate starts. one, and it leads mm-hmm. to and it leads to high office, it leads to presidents, it leads to governments, and you know, and it leads to. Um, it leads to a lot of serious questions. I mean, we always like to, I, I don't want to say toy around, but we like to explore the, these kind of one-off incidences of high strangeness where a guy's mining and, and boom, a, a, a craft lands and, you know, a couple beings show up and show them some cool toys and then take off. Um, you <laughs> know, that seems cool to be toys. like a, a one-off Star story. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but what what I think what Mike's talking about is there, there, there really is a... Um, is a plotted There's timeline a line. to this as a through line to this uh to these events leading up to um 
we're not sure. Leading up to Tom DeLonge's uh, To the Stars oh, Academy. Oh, well, and I know we're breaking form here, and we haven't really done what the hell was that, but we've kind of talked about it. Mm. Um, this all started because I was trying to crack. Uh, have you heard of the, and Jen, I, 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 I want to bring this up now because you're sitting here, and I don't know the next time we'll have you back, but have you read the um, Reagan transcripts from Camp David where uh, William Casey and a, a person known as the caretaker were supposedly briefing him mm. on the existence of extraterrestrial beings in the Roswell crash? Yeah. Have you read that? No. This is a crazy document that I need to do more research on now. People obviously, you know, it was supposedly a leaked document. It's a transcript of um, Reagan... Two uh, unnamed uh, assistants, William Casey, who's like his national security advisor, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I might be wrong about that. And a and an unnamed person uh, known as the caretaker. And they're sitting around Camp David. It's like 81 or 82. And they're basically telling him uh, that uh, extraterrestrials exist, that they know of five. They've cataloged they, the different They've cataloged races, five different yeah. races. That the Roswell... Um, crash did in fact happen and that they recall and there was another crash nearby due to an electrical storm and that out of those two crashes they recovered five bodies and one living entity that they called an eben ebe extraterrestrial biological entity and they nicknamed him eben or noah and he died eventually but out of that um Eisenhower started a program called MJ-12, and it was a secret program in the government to study, track, and catalog uh, the existence of extraterrestrial races. Um, and that's sort of where, in Close Encounters, at the end of Close Encounters, when hard all, not to all, go down the. the I know the, it's the crazy. Hole. How you know? has someone mm-hmm. not like? Well, how it, Trump of all people? It, you think he just blurted out? I know. Well, the whole <laughs> thing, unless they don't tell him. I don't think they're telling him. But uh, <laughs> but the but it's fascinating because. If this transcript is fictitious, it's 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 done its research and it's written really well. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear Ronald Reagan. Can you um, send it to me? Because I'm I will. going to Vegas with my parents next week, and this is something my dad and I can stay oh, up late and it's talk about. Crazy. Cool. Uh, you can find. I mean, and there's so much stuff. Basically, what I'm saying, we haven't even scratched the tip of the iceberg on this podcast yet. Alien Greys. I I like those ones. <laughs> That'd be a great staged reading. I know. Oh, I was, yeah. Well, I want to bring it in and do it on the podcast because. Uh, Bryce, as you just heard, does it He's great. Amazing. He's That's a really saying. good Reagan. <laughs> I'm ca- Thanks. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do a radio. Kind of a, re- a young Ronald Reagan look. Oh, you know well, what, Jen? We'll invite you back, and we'll do a whole recording of the transcript that people can can listen to. Well, how about that? When the time comes, can I be it. one of the characters? Yes, you yeah. did yeah. listen. Absolutely. Actor as one yes. of my credits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actor. Question Actor. Mark? Actor. All right. Well, before we go, uh, Jen, you're going to stick around. Answer and, and to read some emails, oh, and that'll wait. be on next week's episode. Can I say, as the godmother of the podcast, yes. if we're talking about like good energy and all that? Yeah. 2016, I got dumped like basically the day after Christmas. It was horrible. I had a, you know, a year of like, uh, I wrote a pilot Come about it. My book. That got that got picked up. <laughs> Come get my book. No, I mean I wrote a pilot about it that didn't get picked up, but it got in the trades. Like Jen Kirkman sold a show about she got dumped on Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And someone saw that and they worked at Amazon and they were like, oh, Jen should host like a little Amazon special podcast about surviving the holidays. 
from her own, you know, so they had me interview a bunch of people about different aspects of the holidays. And so uh, 2017, a year later, I did that podcast and they were trying to set me up with a studio to do it in and they found me one downtown and I said, I'm not going downtown and I'm not asking my famous guests to come fucking downtown. Like, hey, Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth want to drive downtown? No, she doesn't. And so (laughs) I said, it's got to be near me. And they're like, well, there's nothing really in that area. I'm like, I don't care. Like, find it. And they found Riley and Incredible. then I yeah. came here and then Michael came in and I interviewed him about the holidays and then he, they started bonding and he was like, hey, I'm looking for a podcast that has this kind of clubhouse feel and would you produce? And so now that's how they met and it all started because of my heartbreak. So yep. good things. That's incredible. Ha- that's and then nuts. here we all are. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. God bless you for that. I'm so you happy know? you were done. I mean, because you put the band <laughs> together. You put the band together. And I'm wearing a necklace that says blessed. I got for 20 bucks just in case uh-huh. there's demons. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny, too, is like after a few shows, we did like the first two, like first couple here in Riley's studio. And then uh, I think Riley approached us like maybe on the throne. He's like, hey, so I'm, I'm kind of into this stuff, too. Can we keep doing this? And we're like, oh, thank you. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I know. We're like, yeah. He's like, this can kind of be home base if you guys are down for that. And we're like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, my God, I'm legit. So, yeah, I we, know, we totally, uh, we boy bonded there. We're very happy. So before we go, uh, anything you want to plug? Oh, it, I'm doing some shows, like, in America, if people want to Great. come see me. Yeah, this will drop uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, September oh, yeah. 26th. Come see me. I've got all new material for everybody. I'm going to be all over California and Vermont and Brooklyn and jenkirkman.com. You can click tour dates, go to my website, and you'll see everything you need to know about me there. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Riley, anything? Um, Nova, the official pup scout of the Collectors Club, has yeah. an Instagram now. Oh, he, nice. He's, uh, at Wolf King of LA. Sweet. Awesome. So you can follow Nova now. He's a sweet boy. Sweet. Bracey Brace. Um, let's see. I'll be coming up on The Good Doctor soon. I'm not sure the date, so I'll, yeah. I'll shout that out later on. But, uh, you know, as, as, as Mike said, we're about to read some emails uh, with Jen, who's going to stick around, some listener emails. And you know what? Going through those and kind of coalescing them, I was just – I was given, like, this wonderful sense of, like, community that we seem to have created. And I, I just want to say I really appreciate all the people who have written in and, and shared your stories with us. It's, it's so cool to kind of, like, see those and to know that, like, you know, you guys are appreciating the show and, and responding in, in kind. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, Club at gmail.com. Please yeah. write in with your stories. Uh, the second issue of my comic book adventure van is in comic shops today as you're listening to this. If your comic shop didn't order it, uh, and they probably didn't if you didn't tell them to, you can get it on the Comixology app on your favorite uh, reading tablet. Okay, guys. Uh, this has been a long episode. We love you. We love Jen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll be back next week with more Jen Kirkman and your listener files. Bye. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.